HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Good morning. You're listening to In the Drink on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. I'm your host, Joe Campanelli. And today we have an exciting and a little bit of a different show, a uh, different sort of show today. Uh, we'll, we'll actually have a panel of amazing uh, guests here when we're all going to be talking about the Taste of the Nation event um, coming up to support Share Our Strengths uh, efforts for their No Kid Hungry campaign on April 28th. Uh, it's something that uh, that we're, we're very involved in through our, our group, through our, the Epicurean Group of Restaurants. We're, we're, I think, represented by all of our restaurants at the event. Uh, anyway, it's April 28th. It's an amazing event to uh, to benefit the No Kid Hungry campaign. starts at 6 o'clock for the VIP tickets, 7 o'clock uh, for, for general. Um, I'll, I'm going to give you the, the website now to purchase tickets and then uh, probably once or twice more throughout. But uh, to get tickets, it's tasteofthenation.org backslash New York City. Um, and now I'm going to have everyone here uh, introduce themselves uh, and tell us a little bit about uh, uh, who you are and also how you got involved with Share Our Strength and, uh, and this event. Let's start with Jenny. <laughs> I'm Jenny Dirksen. I'm the National Director of Culinary Events for Share Our Strength. Um, my background is restaurants. I started as a line cook in college and spent a long time working for Danny Meyer when I left the kitchen. He's on the board of Share Our Strength. And once I became a mom, it was pretty clear to me that I wanted to be working in a cause-focused area, something that would help kids. Share Our Strength is focused on ending childhood hunger in this country. So to be able to do some good in this world and still work with chefs and with food, that's awesome. August. <laughs> Hi, August Cardona. Uh, I am uh, the managing partner, CEO of Epicurean Group, uh, Joe's partner, and um, got originally involved, or at least introduced, uh, when I first met Jenny. I don't know if she knows that or not, uh, years ago. And um, 
have just uh, over the years become more familiar with the organization, uh, with Taste of a Nation, just from participating with the restaurants. Uh, I think the uh, it's a pretty amazing cause and uh, an amazing, amazing organization. So happy to be involved with it. Good morning. I'm John DeLucci. I'm the chef and proprietor of uh, three, New York, three New York City restaurants, the, the Lion, uh, Bills, <clears throat> and Crown. And, um, you know, for me, I spent a lot of years cooking for, you know, people who are very fortunate. And, uh, you know, I, I wanted to find a way to give back. And, and I have a, a good buddy that's, uh, that runs a charter school in South Bronx. And so, uh, you know, I, I was just uh, sort of blown away by the statistics and, and you know, just a lot of what's happening, in, in, especially in New York City, uh, with, with, with the kids and, and, and people who are going hungry. So this is my way to, uh, to get involved and make a difference. All right. I'm Heather Carlucci. Um, I am the in-house food consultant for Mother New York, a design, promotion, and uh, advertising firm. And I'm also the co-producer for Pig Mountain. Um, and in the past number of years that I've left re- the restaurant world, uh, I've been doing a lot of activism, farm and hunger-related causes, and working with government, uh, local government. And um, I think... I think as a chef, you're always forced to do these events, and I think my first event ever out of culinary school in the 80s was actually might have been an SOS event, and uh, <laughs> and um, and I've just been uh, always sort of you know hands on on these causes, and I'm just honored to be asked to be on the host committee this year. Yeah, and you know, there's a ton of events that happen all year long. This is a a, a really really special one. Not only you know John's restaurants, our, our restaurants will be there. Uh, a ton of great restaurants like Pearl and Ash, Toro, uh, Maison Premier, Mile End, Bettany, Dominique Ansel, uh, Eddie and the Wolf, Estella, Hill Country Barbecue. It's a, a, a huge list of the top top restaurants. Uh, how did you get so many great restaurants, so many great people to participate in this? I think we're really fortunate. The event has been around more than 25 years. And I think, like Heather said, for so many chefs, it was the event you went to. It might have been the first event that you went to. It might have been the event that you went to when you created your own name for yourself. So I think as chefs come up through the ranks and start to open their own businesses, it's sort of a mark of I'm going to go stand shoulder to shoulder with the guys and gals I used to cook for by being at this event and I think we're so fortunate that it's one that so many restaurants and chefs keep on their culinary itineraries every spring. Now, August, we get uh, invited to do to to volunteer at, to cook for, to participate in, in so many events. Um, how do you choose what we what we end up participating in? What are, what are the decisions you make? And I'll, I'll pose the same question to John as well. Well, I think uh, you know there's a lot of different factors that go into it. Of course. Uh, as it relates to share our strength in this this, this event, uh, in particular, it's uh, it's impactful. It's seriously impactful, and to uh, I think that's that's from our standpoint. You know, we talk with uh, together as partners and, and try to decide what we want to do. And there's a number of factors that go in, but it's really the, the share our strength, the taste, and it's it's a no brainer for us uh, every year uh, because of how impactful it is. Because we know it's going to be run really spectacularly by the by the be the group. And uh, and uh, we're going to be lucky enough to be uh, next to a lot of great, great restaurants and chefs. And, and uh, so, yeah, I, I, I agree. I think that, uh, you know, we, we get asked to do so many things and, you know, our time, you, know, you, just, you just run out of, you know, there's just not enough time, not enough hours in the week to do, do all the charity stuff that you, that you really want to do. So you try to choose the stuff that's the mo- that, again, that's the most, to use, to use your word, more, the most impactful. And I think 
this is an event that you know that's just attended by so many people. You know, it's out there in, in social media, um, and it's a way for people to uh, to get involved in, in large numbers and to sort of get the message out. You know, uh, in very very in a very broad way. Yeah. Now, Heather, you said that you uh, you felt like this event was kind of required for someone who's young in, in the industry. Do you feel like there, there's a lot of pressure from the industry to to participate in charity events, to, to give back? Um, or do you think that people are largely doing this because they, they, they really want to? Um, probably both. <laughs> I mean, I think, you know, especially now we see this huge uh, rash of, you know, younger people, entrepreneurial people opening up small restaurants in ways that when I started, it didn't happen. Um, and it's the best way to get yourself out there. Um, I think, and then of course you have to, you know, I'm saying there's so many events now and which is great on one hand, because I remember when, you know, share our strength was maybe one of only two or three a year. Mm-hmm. Um, and you were lucky if you got in, you know, and now it's so big and everybody can sort of be and participate and you really have to sort of figure out, you know, is this your cause? Can you put your time and your energy into it? And I think one of the great things about um, the Taste of the Nation, I mean, it's sort of, right now it's really tried and true. I mean, I, you know, I started a new event and it's really difficult to build up a, you know, a background and get your message out and, and you know, say, you know, this is really good and we're going to take care of everybody. But I know when I walk into an SOS event, like, it's there and everybody's well taken care of. And Every their words and their money go to where they're supposed to go. Yeah, and you have that the added benefit from someone in the industry of uh, not only doing something where you're, you're giving back, but you also have that that networking with other. You know, I think August mentioned it too. You you want you you want to meet these the uh, these other great people who are also motivated to to be there. Um, the the top people in, in the industry, and so I I've made friends and industry connections through through these kind of events, and so it's a great thing. We're in kitchens all the time. Like I never really see the light of day, <laughs> so these are really important events for us. Yeah. Now, uh, Jenny, can you tell us about how Share Our Strength um, kind of differs from region to region? So we're, this is uh, we're obviously talking about New York City here, and it's something for me. It, it's it's very personal. I grew up in New York City and went to uh, public school and was on free and uh, reduced uh, uh, cost lunch and, and breakfast. Um, and even that the breakfast, we didn't, like, I, I was reading some of the statistics, most people don't take advantage of the breakfast. I know that even though we qualified, I, I also did not take advantage of the breakfast as a kid. Um, either it was for me, I think it was mostly because I had a hard time getting getting there on time. Um, one of the big challenges with uh, breakfast in school is kids getting there before the bell. And one of the things that mm-hmm. Share Our Strength advocates for is a breakfast after the bell, a grab-and-go that any child um, can take so that there's not stigma involved and you don't have the hurdle of, I live in Staten Island, but I'm commuting to school in the Bronx. How am I going to get there on time? And definitely in New York, 925,000 kids struggle with hunger. It's, it's just about one in four. Um, and so to be able to, to do the work here, I grew up just outside of the city, is so meaningful. Um, it, across the country, 21 million kids are eligible for free or reduced price lunch. About 70% of them take advantage of that program, but only half, about 11 million, do school breakfast and, and even fewer in the summer. About 3 million kids take advantage of summer meals, so that's that's where we're focused. And the events are a great way to raise awareness of uh, this, this struggle. Um, so I think 
every event, we do 32 events across the U.S. and Canada, and every event really becomes a product of its place. So I think the New York event, um, you know, we're in New York City. We step it up. It's a little flashier. It's great. But we have events in Ithaca. We have events in Manchester, New Hampshire. We have events, I mean, all across the country. And people who are from those places, chefs who are from those places, show up. They bring their heart into it. So I think at all of them, there is a level of devotion that communicates this is a Share Our Strength, Taste of the Nation event. But then each one you go to has its own local spin. And what are some of the issues that are particular to New York City that you, you don't see in other regions? I think just the size of the issue of childhood hunger because mm-hmm. of the size of the city. I think that's that's a huge piece. Um, New York is interesting because we have so much infrastructure around public transportation, and yet it doesn't always alleviate the challenge of children making it to school on time. Um, but I think that the size of the problem in New York is pretty huge, and it also means that the size of our impact can be huge, too. So um, in uh, we use mobile meals trucks in the summertime mm-hmm. with the DOE to distribute meals to kids at public parks. Um, they can just come again, grab and grab a meal and go. Um, and in 2013, we helped to serve 7.6 million summer meals in New York City. Wow. That's amazing. That's a lot of food. <laughs> now, August, you're also very involved with wellness in the schools. Um, can you tell us why uh, and how is uh, childhood hunger so so important to your childhood n- nutrition? Why is that a, a very important thing in your life? Well, I have children. That, that always helps. But uh, <laughs> there's people that actually don't, you know, obviously don't and uh, still uh, can understand the importance of the cause. Uh, I, it really – I didn't have to think about this when I was growing up. And I think some people <clears> – <throat> You, you really say, no, just think, think about it for one second. Think about being hungry as a child at school. Um, my school was three blocks away from my Italian's, uh, my, my family's Italian specialty store, and, and uh, I had hot lasagna being delivered by my, you know, the, the, lunch, the lunch lady who, who was a family friend and just swung by the store and picked it up. And so I think it, it when in wellness in the schools, I, I, I was lucky enough to get involved uh, with that organization, a, a fantastic organization, um, about eight or nine years ago. And it was really about, all right, just think about this, being hungry and not being, being able to do anything with it. And then obviously having children, you really start to think about your children being hungry and how can you not, you know, put your effort into, into helping this cause and supporting it. So, uh, so that's kind of my reason for being, uh, being involved and why it's important. And uh, John, you have uh, you know you know we're we're all here because we're all we're all uh, more more a little bit more involved than the average restaurant that's that's uh, just just participating. But um, you're very very involved with yes. this organization. Can you tell us about uh, about uh, what what your involvement is like? Well, <clears throat> excuse me. I, you know, years ago, I, I was um, I got involved in a, in a charity called the Spoons Across America, and uh, we would go into uh, you know, the classrooms, the fifth grade, and, and uh, talk about, you know, bring the farmer in and, and just really educate kids, you know, to where the food come, comes from. And it was, mm-hmm. it just astounded me that, you know, a lot of these kids, and these are, you know, these were not, this was the West Village in New York City. These kids were eating Ritz crackers for lunch, you know, and there was just, there was just a, a, a complete lack of, you know, of education amongst parents, amongst kids about what, the, you know, what they should be eating. And, and being in the food business, you know, I, I, was, <laughs> I was blown away by this. So I just got, you know, very interested in, in uh, and as I mentioned before, I have, you know, I have a friend that, that runs a charter school. And, and I just think that we just have to get, 
you know, make this part of uh, the educational process. You know, not only to feed hungry, hungry kids, but to, to know, you know, where this food comes from and, and, and about nutrition and what they should be eating. And, and so, uh, you know, to me, it's just very, I, it was, you know, it came really out of, uh, out of just being shocked by, because I'm like, you know, I'm like August. I was, you know, I had broccoli Rob sandwiches in my lunchbox as a kid. I never thought about this. You know, I never, you know, we had plenty of food growing up. And, and you know, I see, I see you know, the, these schools, these public schools in, in my neighborhood. Um, and there's just, there's just a, a, a complete lack of sort of education. And, and um, it's, it's, uh, it's surprising. And we really, and I just, it just forced me personally to, to go out and try to do something about it. And I would advocate everyone to go on the SOS website and just and just volunteer and just get, get, get out there and see it for yourself. And, and once you see it, you can't help but, but sort of want, want to get involved. So it's, it's not just about uh, hunger, but about uh, education and, and teaching people like how to eat healthfully and, and, and what nutritiously to eat. Exactly. and what to eat. Right, right. I mean, it's, it's – uh, and you see the disparity, you know, in, in the classroom. You see the disparity, but you know, there's the kid that, you know, that, you know, when I ask, I ask, what so what did you eat for dinner last night? And, you know, one kid says, well, we had, you know, we had 14 month prosciutto, and and the other kid says, you know, we had, we had Ritz crackers. And these kids are living, you know, within the same 10 block, you know, uh, parameters. So, you know, I just, there's real there's a real need for this. Yeah, and you said you can go on the website and get involved. What are some of the ways that that people can just get involved? Um, people can come volunteer, be day of volunteers at Taste of the Nation, mm-hmm. which is so fantastic. Um, food uh, professionals can get involved with our Cooking Matters program, which is part of the No Kid Hungry campaign. And it teaches children and families in need how to prepare and shop for meals um, on a budget. And I think actually to John's point and just um, the disparity, one of the uh, greatest parts of that program in addition to they, they cook and prepare meals together and eat meals together. So you, you do reinforce the importance of a, a meal as a time to connect as well. Um, we do a Cooking Matters at the Store tour where you learn how to shop for unit pricing and you know what where can you get the biggest bang for your buck, what has to be fresh produce versus frozen versus canned. And we often take our supporters who are, are not in people, uh, not people who are food insecure in, in, in any way or have experienced that in their life, we'll take our supporters on these tours and even they are learning something on those tours. Um, so I think that that program is a great way to get involved. Okay. Uh, all right. We're going to take a quick break right now. Before we go, I'm just going to remind you of the website, tasteofthenation.org backslash New York City. It is the Taste of the Nation event on April 28th. We will all be there. It's an incredible event, and I hope to see you there. But we'll be back uh, in just a bit. It's summertime. It's summertime, and the bars are closing, and the bars are closing. All the doors are open, all the doors are open wide. So find your friends, so find your friends. Tell them what they want to hear, tell them what they want to hear. Today's music is by Cookies on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Tell him not to be so goddamn uptight Throw a parade Throw a parade Throw a parade for me And I'll behave 
Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Seeing a need to help people sort through all the misinformation about healthy eating, Whole Foods Market added a seventh core value to promote the health of our stakeholders through healthy eating education. In our stores, we give you the tools you need for choosing the most nutritious foods and healthy recipes, as well as offering classes with nutritionists and cooking coaches to help inspire good health and well-being. Stop by your local store today and learn more about our Health Starts Here program and wellness clubs or online at wholefoodsmarket.com slash healthstartshere. And we're back on In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. Uh, and again, today we're talking with uh, a group of people about the Taste of the Nation event for Share Our Strength. Um, I'm going to pose this question over to Heather Carlucci, who is a uh, pastry chef for 20 years. Um, what, <laughs> if you were to design a uh, a dessert that would actually work well in the uh, rest in the uh, the public school setting, uh, what could kids be eating that that's healthful and that could that could also kind of work in that setting? It's a little bit of a loaded question for me. <laughs> um, I have a I have a daughter in the public school system right now, and um, I always make her lunches, uh, probably because of pressure that I probably should as a chef. Um, but I left pastry because I really felt that there was a problem with the amount of sugar that I was putting out there and that I was eating, and I was around even when I didn't know it was around. Um, and I can't deny her anything. I don't think you can deny kids stuff. Um, but honestly, I'm very opinionated on this, and I really believe we need to really, when it comes to this, we need to stick to fruit and nuts. And, and well, a lot of people can't eat nuts now. But you stick to really basic natural things because kids now need a palate for this. They're so used to getting everything processed, and the food out there is just sweet. You know, and people, we were talking earlier about um, not, you know, you couldn't believe what people were eating, but. Families don't cook anymore, so we don't know where our food is coming mm-hmm. from. And then when you really begin to look and you really begin to study what is out there and why our kids are sick and why we're sick is because there's sugar everywhere. Um, and you know what? If they don't have a choice, they'll eat the fruit. Yeah. And most of these kids don't even know where fruit comes from anymore. Like, it, I'm shocked. You don't. When I do work you know, with wellness in the schools and SOS and I'm just around other schools, I can't believe they don't know how a peach grows. Yeah, these are yeah. very things that, you know, in our generation was common knowledge. We all sort of knew where stuff came from, and now we don't. So so as far as that concerned, I, you know, fresh fruit for the public schools yeah. if possible. Yeah, I, I, I agree I, with, with John's point before that th- this should be a – uh, there should be a class that you take every year. There, there should be education, be. <laughs> home ec, home ec. Right? right? Uh, but now home ec, I guess that there was, it's gone by the, you know, I, I liked home ec. I <laughs> loved a, it. There's a movement, there's a movement of teachers bringing it yeah. back. So and people it, like, we it, moved to like a cutie little town uh, upstate a little bit, a little bit upstate. And they actually, they call it something else, but it's basically home ec. They're cooking, they're sewing, they're drafting. I'm like, that's yeah. a good thing. And there, there should be a gardening aspect. You should understand. I, I agree with you. There should be a, a, a grow something and make something with the thing that you've grown. I think a lot of the chefs that also work with SOS are also very farm-based chefs. And I think that has mm-hmm. to come back because we're losing a lot of farms and we're losing a lot of small farms. And that's really how we all learn about stuff. You know, it's just because it's another person in our world. 
That's and, right. Um, and I think that's another thing that's been really important to bring it in. I noticed, like, Bill Telepan, who's, like, the king Our of wellness hero. in the schools, you know, he is Mr. Hands-On Chef and has been, you know, since you know beginning of his career. And he's really into teaching, making sure that these kids know where the food comes from. So important. It's such a natural progression. I think chefs are natural caregivers. And once you're aware of the struggle that some families or children face around food, you want to get involved. And then once you're involved in issues of access, you also start thinking about where the food's coming from, or sometimes you're thinking about where the food's coming from, and then you realize there are issues of access. Yeah, I I agree with chefs being caregivers. This event is really taking the best of what we have in the hospitality industry. We're, we're, we're giving uh, food and wine and camaraderie and donating our time and, and kind of focusing all of that on, uh, on this event. And so, uh, so I agree with you. Uh, uh, this, this question's for, uh, for John. John, when, uh, kind of a similar question to what I gave to Heather, but if you're designed uh, a, a lunch that was healthful for kids, um, that would that would kind of work in maybe a, a school setting. Uh, what? How would you approach that? Do you feel like kids really do have a different palate? You see, you see, even at sometimes good restaurants, there are like certain kids menus. Mm-hmm. Um, oh yeah, I mean they're they're you know they're, they want they want to eat stuff sweet, you know. That you hear me? They're the best. Um, they want to you know. Of course, we you know we're kids and we want to eat sweet stuff. I I would really like to see more. You know, more pasture-raised stuff and more grass-fed stuff and more just, you know, getting back to the way food is supposed to be. The kind of food our grandparents ate, you know. It's funny. I was in Italy over the summer and you eat, um, you know, and I was curious about if, if uh, you know, the cows that, that produce, uh, you know, Parmesan cheese are, are, are grass-fed. And, uh, you know, they have to look at me like, oh, are you kidding me? What else we feed them? And and but that's not the case in in you know our culture and the way we've we've monetized the food system. I think it's insane. So I think that and and I think it's it's also very difficult for you know to, to be a restaurateur to sort of to, to, to buy these products and find them and seek them out because they're very expensive. They're they're rare, and um, I would just like to figure out a way. And I'm, I'm going to need help with this because I don't have the answer. But to sort of get get. The teachers and and the, the system to understand how important the the, the pasture raised stuff is mm-hmm. in cheese in you know in 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 um, you know in the cows and the milk that we the milk that these kids are drinking is loaded with hormones and chemicals and all kinds of junk and that's I mean that's the start I would like to see a, a program where we can get organic milk you know or or even you know um, get off you know the cow's milk you know because. Yeah. You know, there's, there's a whole, you know, school of thinking that that's not really great for, for kids. I think so, we have a marketing problem, too. I think once we have to start calling things pastured beef and grass-fed beef, it sounds exactly. horrible and the, the price and is elitist, right? It but sounds It sounds expensive, yeah. yeah. instead of, like, we should just have milk instead of organic milk. There's milk and then there's um, milk with hormones added. You right, know, it's, right. it's just put a different spin and then I think it's it's easier to say, well, that's what we want and... I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe if more people were leaning that way, then the price would start to come down. Exactly right. We need to demand this. This If, if we demand it, the market will, you know, look at, look at uh, I mean, look at cigarettes, for God's sakes. I mean, we've basically wiped out the whole, a whole business because of, of education, right? And just and getting the message out to how really bad 
it is, and I think the same thing needs to happen with food. That's true. You go into like Whole Foods, for instance, and they have uh, they write the word conventional on what is what has you know pesticides or, or chemicals and organic on what on what isn't conventional. You think maybe should be the organic one, right? right? That 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 should one be the take. the normal way of of doing things. And uh, I I was. Um, looking for butter in the store and that we have um, a great little purveyor at our green market that sells her, her grass fed butter. But um, I was looking at the packages of Kerrygold, which of course is, is shipped in um, and in very small print, it's from grass fed cows. And again, I, I think to John's point, you go, you know, overseas that that is the way we don't right? We're not going to invest in alternate methods of feeding animals that aren't natural for them. Um, you know, and I, I think again, programs, um, that help to educate people about, you know, how food functions in our body, how you can get the biggest bang from your buck. Um, um, Michelle Nishan, um, another wonderful chef, has an amazing organization called Wholesome Wave. And one of the initiatives that they have are double value coupons at farmer's markets. So, again, how do we make it easier for folks who may struggle to purchase, you know, the right, quote unquote, kinds of food? How do we make it easier for them to um, to purchase those foods? And so one way is by having um, their EBT dollars, um, SNAP, federally funded dollars, count double at a farmer's market so that you can actually buy more with those limited dollars mm. and, and and allow people to access that. That's a great local idea. food. And uh, this one's going to go to August. Uh, as the, the CEO of, of our company, um, you know, we, we, uh, we give away tons of uh, gift certificates, donations, participate in all of these events. Uh, we made the decision, and it had to be a conscious decision, to, to use good eggs and local milk. Because um, as, as John said, that those things are more expensive, and we agreed to have a higher food cost to, to work with those good those good quality products. Uh, but August, how, how do you make those financial decisions and say that this is how much we're going to be able to, uh, to, to give away this year or these are how many events we're going to do. Um, and obviously these aren't, you know, they're not clear to the bottom line. They maybe arguably are against the bottom line, but something that we all, we believe in as a company and how, how do you make those decisions? You know, I, I think, uh, there's got to it's got to start with uh, with establishing a culture of of of, uh, of giving and of participating company wide. Uh, what we do, I mean, from a business standpoint, we're running we're running businesses and and uh, and it's difficult to, uh, to to even squeak out a profit in the restaurant in the restaurant uh, industry. But um, if you can get creative around it, if you have your team, uh, your partners, your everyone from from. Uh, part-time employees all the way through. Uh, if you establish this culture of kind of let's put our heads together and and uh, and figure out how we can uh, can help uh, cause like share our strength and and um, how we can uh, realize how important or how how lucky we are, um, then uh, then you figure out ways to ma- to make it work financially from a bit from a business standpoint. And uh, I think the biggest thing is time, right? Um, I think uh, you have like-minded people coming together, so you can work with you know. Uh, uh, a, a, a purveyor, and they can donate food that the the restaurant can you know uh, have their 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 people come prepare. Um, we can all you know, market together and stuff. So you just get like minded people together, all knowing that we're each gonna sacrifice a little bit, and then it ends up being a huge sacrifice, and we all can make it work together. Um, but it's a cultural thing, you know. I, th- I think. Yeah. So. All right, I'm gonna give Jenny the last word. Uh, Jenny, are there any other thoughts you want to to 
send us off with? Um, you know, we like to say uh, it takes more than food to fight hunger. It takes you. And um, I think it's true. I think we have to build a community around our children. Um, there are children. I mean, this is the next generation. We can't have them growing up ill-equipped to, you know, think, to act, to to lead the way. Um, and, and I think Taste of the Nation is such an easy way to play your part. Come out, have a great time, come taste food from all these incredible chefs locally. Um, and locally is everywhere. We're in Boston the day after New York on April 29th. We're in L.A. on June 1st. We're in Chicago on August 13th. And lots of cities in between. Um, folks can find all of those again at nokidhungry.org backslash events. Um, but, it, you know, it's going to take all of us to make No Kid Hungry a reality, and I'd like to see us get there. I'd like that as well. Uh, thank you so much. I want to thank our amazing uh, panel today. We have Odyssey Jenny Derrickson, uh, August Cardona, John DeLucci, and Heather Carlucci. And also want to thank all the restaurants who are participating. It's going to make this event fantastic. Um, also, uh, Tito's Vodka and Vita Coco, who we've, we work with uh, quite a bit. They're amazing partners on a variety of events and, and uh, uh Thanks for us. Um, and just a reminder to you, uh, pick up your tickets at tasteofthenation.org backslash New York City. It's for the Taste of the Nation event on April 28th. I will be there. We'll all be, we'll all be there, and we hope to see you there. Uh, thanks so much for listening. This has been In the Drink on heritageradionetwork.org. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at HeritageRadioNetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.